Hola, and welcome to the Beauteous Me podcast, a relatable and authentic space for all. Every week, we hop on a roller coaster, share laughter and tears on topics we might be ashamed to discuss. We do this all while finding its inner beauty. My name is Jamili Whitfield, and the journey begins now. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Beauteous Me. I am so excited to be here, even though this world is in shambles (laughs) with everything going on with this pandemic. And I'm just hoping that, you know, people are social distancing and staying home and um, checking in on one another because, you know, it's not only through um, social media, pick up the phone and actually call someone. So I'm hoping that this time you're taking to reflect, reflect on you and just take care of you and take care of others. That's what's most important in this part. So in speaking about that, I have a person who is a happy person (laughs) and she is actually in the West coast. So E.B. Sanders is a certified career coach who teaches creative types how to swap fears for fulfilling careers. Her sweet spot is showing you how to finally find your thing. In her words, I want everyone to be happy in their career, like belting out Beyonce into your organic loofah in the shower on Monday mornings. Happy! <laughs> that is so hilarious. Check out her free work at five big of uh, five big questions to find the career that makes you happy. And we'll definitely get into that. And EB's gonna um, share some of her stuff um, with regards to that. EB, thank you so much and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. So, Ebi, um, can you tell us a little bit about your story and how you got excited about making other people happy to find their career? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've actually gone through two major career changes myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a college professor, and it was my dream job, and I loved it, and I worked really, really hard to get that job. Yeah, and to be a college it, professor, you have to. <laughs> yeah, and it was everything I wanted, um, but, you know, in California, especially our state school system is funded along with the public school systems and anyway budget cuts I began losing classes one by one and took on a day job and then took on little filler jobs and I finally got to that point where I had to make the decision of what would be next um, Mm -hmm. because it just wasn't going to be financially viable for me to continue in my job Um, and that killed me it was like getting divorced being broken up with it was really I had to go through this sense of grief and then figuring it all out again um a lot of time from and I you know took all the tests and I worked with a couple career coaches and I you know read all the books and did all the things um and it finally came to an old um co-worker coming to me with uh, with a job that was perfect um and it was in recruiting and staffing mm. for advertising agencies which was perfect for, for me absolutely perfect fit and I did that for a few years and I absolutely loved that as well um, but I realized that my favorite parts of my job were when I could really help people really develop their careers and really find the things that made them happy, but I had to do it within the constraints of the agency I was with, within the company I was with, because, you know, if I knew someone to be happy or quitting, I was not allowed to tell them <laughs> You can't be like, um, you know, you have about five people ready to walk out the door because they're really not happy being here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that's when I decided to go full-time as a career coach where I could help people outside the confines mm. of a corporation. And, you know, it's, 
I realized looking back, like it seemed really strange to me, like how I went from one to the other. But looking back, I realized all of my careers have been really helping people figure out what they want to do with their lives and figure out, you know, anywhere from the 19-year-old college student just starting to figure out that conversation to women, you know, who are married with kids and woke up one day and were like, they just don't like what they're doing, but they're the breadwinner and they got to figure it out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The thread has definitely been there through all of them. So I went through it myself and it's, it's, I love helping other people through it, helping them like shave off a lot of the trial and error that I had to so I took your quiz and yes. I find it so interesting that I'm a conceptor. So I'm going to define what a conceptor is and I need you to give me some advice and other fellow conceptors as what the heck means for this. So I'm going to read it. So as a conceptor, you probably have 76 ideas floating around in your noggin right now. It's like a creativity faucet that you just can't turn off for better or worse. In fact, you're basically buried under piles of notebooks and drive docks that are crammed with ideas. You're a big fan of envisioning the future, doing things in a new way, and you bring fresh concepts to every project you touch. It doesn't take much to get your mind going. So I found that so interesting (laughs) when when I read this and I'm like, I'm always the one at work in the meetings. I'm like, I have an idea. I think we should do this. I know what we can do. There's something new that, like, just always, you know, just thinking of a, a new, fresh idea. Like, I do it even with my husband and his career, and I'm like, I have an idea. You should do this. <laughs> so can you give me some advice? I'm being selfish now. I'm always all about the listeners, but I'm going to be selfish, guys. Like, what the heck can a conceptor do? As you know, I am a social worker. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I, I'm a director at a residential treatment center, and I work with kids, and then I also do podcasting. So... Right. Again, you're 76. Right? <laughs> well, <around> <laughs> exactly. So please talk to me. I love conceptors. Okay. The world needs conceptors because ideas and then making those things actually come about are two very different skills. And conceptors generally are the ID people, the people who get really excited about something and maybe start something, but they're not necessarily the finishers. And that's okay. Okay. But a lot of conceptors who are in traditional work roles or working themselves, beat themselves up over that. Mm-hmm. Um, what that is, is you need to lean into that strength, come up with all those ideas, organize those ideas mm-hmm. as best you can, and find ways to incorporate them and delegate the actual nitty-gritty work to get them done. So mm-hmm. within your traditional you know, role, it's coming up with new interesting ideas to maybe make things better, make things more efficient, make things more you know, fun, engaging, however you can. But... You know how constrained you are there, right? You're yeah. probably not even allowed to make most of those things happen. Yeah. <laughs> but you do know who you can take those to. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's how you know, you just need to really make sure you're taking those ideas and letting people, you know, higher up in you letting them know that you have these ideas and you want to start creating more ideas and you want to be a bigger picture person. Mm. And then in terms of podcasting or outside projects or people who are maybe starting, you know, their own side thing, it's about making sure that you are the one who's focusing on those ideas and that you're, you know, you're not focusing on doing your bookkeeping. You're not focusing on the little nitty gritty details and getting buried in those, that you are, you know, playing to your strengths and you're hiring out for the, the actual execution as much as you possibly can. And with online lands these days, it is so much, you know, more accessible. Yeah. 
find people or to find programs or to find software to help you get all of those ideas executed in a way that you don't have to do it yourself. Mm, and I think that's the issue. It's like you have all these ideas in your head and either it's a problem executing it or it's just too much. So kind of flushing it out to get everything done is like yeah. insane. Imagine yeah. I, was, I, I planned my own wedding. I didn't hire a wedding planner. I planned my whole wedding from beginning to end. People are like, did you hire a wedding planner? No, it was on me because you want to like see your yeah. vision, see everything through fruition. And that felt like an accomplished goal. And, and so as I was done, I was like, okay, what's next? <laughs> But and especially for your wedding, I think that's a you know such a personal thing. Yeah, that's going to be different than a work project. But like I planned my own wedding as well. Did the exact you know I I made my favors. You know, like I, I <laughs> so did I. Them. So did I. But I I know that had I just you know handed it off to someone and said I you know I just kind of want to show up to a really fun party. Yeah. I know now looking back that would have been so much more fun for me. Yeah. So much better for me, and I should have just done that. But I wanted control over all those little yep. details. Yep. Now, do I care that the napkins were pink versus green? No. Right. <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about. I decorated my sweetheart table the day of my wedding. <laughs> so, yep. That is interesting. So besides your quiz, some people are fearful of a career change. And Absolutely. so what can someone do to release that fear and stand in their career truth? Because there's so oh. many fears that people have, but stand in their career truth. Oh, I love that. So that way of phrasing that. I, I, you know, I deal with people coming to me out of fear a lot because they are they're afraid that they they won't change their careers in the right way, mm. and they don't believe they have any options other than what they're already doing, um, and they're just really afraid of doing all the things you know in the wrong way. Now, first off, there's no wrong way to do anything when it comes to your career. But that paralyzing fear of, I need to just stay doing what I'm doing. I want to do something else, but I don't know how to do anything else. I don't have the time. I have to do all, all of those you know, blocks being put in there. What I suggest that people do when I'm talking to them is that they envision what their future looks like if they don't do anything. If they stay exactly where they are in the same place, doing the same thing, even, you know, not 10 years in the future, but even a year in the future, two yeah. years in the future. How are they going to feel? What is their life going to look like? Um, and that's usually get, they get sad and depressed enough <laughs> to realize that not moving forward is not an option. Mm. And, you know, they, they realize the fear for what it is that it's going to keep them in a place they don't want to be, which is why they're already considering, you know, a career change because they know deep down that they're not happy and they're not fulfilled. So I kind of force them to confront what that would look like if they didn't do anything. How do you do that? Tell me more about that. Really simple visualization exercises. Honestly, mm. I recommend that people sort of put record on their phone so that they don't have to worry about writing anything down, even for <laughs> journal or whatever. Yeah. Um, and sit in a comfy spot, whether it's a chair, whether you're laying on your bed, whether you've got you know your puppy in your lap, whatever it is, really just get comfortable and talk it out. Close your eyes, visualize it. Everything from what time is your alarm clock going off in the morning? What's your commute like? What does that day look like if you're doing exactly the same thing that you are today? you don't change anything what is that day a year from now wow and how do you feel in that moment and it's your stomach knows that that pit feeling we know Um, i call it like that that sunday anxiety before monday where you're just like 
I can't sleep. I'm tossing. You, you've slept Friday night. You've slept Saturday night. But come Sunday into Monday, you're just, your stomach is in knots or you just can't sleep because now you're thinking about all the other things that you have to do. Yeah, I call it the Sunday dread. Yeah. yeah. It, it, and we've all had that feeling and it yeah. is the absolute worst. And that's basically the same feeling that you get when you do this exercise if you're, if you're afraid to move forward. Once they then acknowledge that they, they can't go on like that, that they know how unhealthy just mentally and physically and all of it will be for them and they're ready to move forward, I ask them to flip it and, you know, shoot the moon, ideal day. Not you've won the lottery, yeah. kind of, ideally. Um, <laughs> I've also found in my work that if, you, if people say, you know, do this, they'll be like, oh, well, obviously I have unlimited amounts of cash and I'm just on a private island. I'm like, okay, cool. What's that look like after day four? Right. the quarantine we're in right now (laughs) from the bed to the living room the living room to the bed to the kitchen back to the kitchen (laughs) exactly exactly so i have people you know figure shoot the moon possibilities like don't worry about the a to z skill level the actual how does it work but just do the same exercise but like if you had your ideal day what does that look like again from everything from what time does your alarm go off to you know, what type of setup do you have? Is your office filled with sun? Are you in an office? Are you working from home? Are you, you know, traveling? What does your ideal day look like? And it can be, and I highly recommend that it's shoot the moon what you think is beyond realistic crazy that is still someone giving you a paycheck. <laughs> wow. So yeah. do you find that some of the hesitation, um, especially if you're the breadwinner, is um, fear of loss of income? Or the type of income. Um, let's just say that, you know, you've really wanted to work, let's just say, doing marketing or something. And, you're, you know, you are in a business job or, or whatnot and you're getting paid six figures. But if you're starting in marketing, um, your salary is going to reduce to 40000 So it's kept people in the same job, in essence. Like, what would... What would be the work that you would do with someone who's struggling with that because the financial pieces is, is important in their life? Yeah. Um, I, this is a bulk of my clients. I, I could imagine. a lot of people who sort of fell into their careers after college and now they're married and they've got kids and they're kind of now coming heads up and like, oh, I don't actually enjoy what I do. But mm-hmm. golden handcuffs, I'm the breadwinner or, you know, I'm majority, you know, funder of this family. What yeah. do you do? Um, and it's, it's twofold. They think that it, that they will have to take less of an income. And they, they always come in saying, I don't believe I have any options because I can't make any less money. Mm. But I'm only thinking this one thing. Through talking to them, what it actually comes down to is the bulk of them are feeling guilty and selfish. Wow. They feel that, they feel that wanting to do something that makes them happy, wanting to do something that they find more engaging, other than putting the quote-unquote family first and just – accepting their needs that they're being selfish and they feel guilty about that that always comes down to the core of it because no matter what you do there is a way to make at least what you still make right. if not more um and for i'd say 90 percent of my clients that when they're doing changes they end up making more not less really not, not even the, just lateral yeah um it's but it is that idea that them wanting to do something for themselves, that's the main block. And so most of the work I actually do with them is getting them to understand that the happier they are, the more fulfilled they are, the better parent they can be. 
partners are going to be, that our community members, like that, that ripple outward is going to make everyone around them better. So it's like the least selfish thing that mm-hmm. you can do is, you know, do something you enjoy while making money and taking care of your family. Like, I, I don't understand how that's, so, again, I'm not a parent, but yeah. there's a general level of understanding <laughs> I don't get, but yeah. it's, that's generally the work. And in terms of making sure that they do feel financially secure, the work does take a little bit longer. Yeah. Because for something like that, especially if you're at a high figure level, mm-hmm. and you're looking to really switch something pretty drastically, <laughs> You're going to have to, it's not like you can just apply to something and, oh, you have no experience in this, but you seem lovely, like, here, let's hire you. Um, it's going to come from your network. Okay. So it's going to come from someone vetting you to their organization saying, yeah, she doesn't have the traditional role, you know, kind of history that we're looking at, but I promise you, she's going to kill this. That's what it's going to take. And so the, the road is a little bit longer because you have to truly define what it is that you want. Mm-hmm. Right? You can ask you very specifically and so that comes from networking so that change does take a bit longer but it's very much like the losing weight concept right like the faster you do it the the less effective it's going to be you Mm -hmm. go slowly slow and steady wins the race i always say that exactly exactly so it's going to be about networking it's going to be about really talking to people making sure you're finding the exact right fit um and so it does take a little bit longer but yeah it's absolutely 100 percent doable um, there's a, now so many ways to do it. Um, I mean, there's more jobs now than existed five years ago. Mm-hmm. In, you know, and there's things that will exist six months from now that don't exist now. So there's new opportunities and new ways to do things every single day. So um, I want to guess, I guess I want to get a little bit deeper because you said something that was really important. Like women, it's the guilt, it's the family guilt and everything. Um you have, I love your Instagram page. You have so many amazing knowledge nuggets. I think what captured me was negotiating your salary. And I know I took an executive course where they taught us all the tools and techniques on how to negotiate your salary. Ask me if I've ever practiced any of what I was taught. And I think when we had to, you know, kind of talk about it in the course, it was like a nine week course. It was a really good course. Um, we had to talk about in the course, like, why not? Um, guilt. And I think the guilt, though, is different. The guilt is don't bite the hand that feeds you, if you will. Um, I've been here a long time. They've been good to me. Without putting that other side and saying, shit, yeah, I've been here that long. Pay me more freaking money, you know? <laughs> but and then you you or when you bring it up lightly in a conversation, you're shut down instead of being assertive and saying, No, well, these are all the reasons why, or here's my PowerPoint presentation. So then you're fearful of even coming up with the damn PowerPoint presentation as to all the reasons why your butt needs to pay me more money. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You've hit so many nails on the head. And it's it is a thing that women grapple with in a way that men just never will and yeah. never have. And unfortunately, that's the crux of the whole thing. Is we have been taught societally that we're lucky to be allowed into the career field at all. Yes. So we should take whatever they want to pay us. Whereas a man has never felt that way. And a man will would never question his right to ask for more money. Like, I did the thing, give me more money. Even half the time, I didn't do the thing, but I want more money, give me the money. 
Um, and it, how I talk to my clients about this is, A, do the math first. Mm. Do the actual hard numbers. Sit down with your partner. Sit down with your family. What are the, what's the number you need and what's the number you want? There are two different numbers, and I always tell people to go for the one they want, mm-hmm. right? But a lot of women are like, yeah, but I only, you know, I'd be okay with, with gosh, I, I hear this from so many times. I don't care what you'd be okay yeah. with. Yeah, I, I hear it with my friends, too. We we say that, like, an, oh, I'd be okay if, I'd be yeah. okay if, you know, and yeah. not saying pay me whatever this amount of money. It's like we're okay with that, and that's, yeah, that's concerning. It is really concerning, and but it's it's not just that you know we're fearful. Mm-hmm. There is there's a reason for this, right? It's it, there. We're not given money <laughs> to begin with, <laughs> and when we do ask for more, we're you know we're looked at poorly for yeah. it. Yeah, we're seen as demanding. Yeah, we're seen as bitchy. We're seen as asking for more than we deserve, even if we are asking for the exact amount that we deserve. Could you imagine as a woman of color with, yeah. with that? It's, yeah. it's even, ten, that's why I think yeah. the fear, the fear or the questioning or the doubt comes tenfold because it's like, mm-hmm. don't, not even don't bite the hand that feeds you, but it's been, especially being a woman of color in a leadership position, it's yep. far few of us. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it's, I'd love to say that it's shocking in this day and age, but this is a conversation we're still having, but we we both know it's not shocking. Mm -hmm. We both know that not enough is is being done about any of it in any way, shape, or form. The conversation's happening, but that's not really changing anything. Mm -hmm. we got to go move beyond the conversation about it. Um, And that's why I'm advocating for women to stop even trying to negotiate, because that's where the problem begins, is that male managers and truth be told, and we all know this, the majority of managers are still male, are still <laughs> hesitant. They're now, and now they have this double down of, oh, and me too, I'm giving her more money. If I have to explain why I'm giving money, I might get myself in a weird corner. It's like, no, it's supposed to be good. It's a good job. Yeah. yeah. So this is why I say know your number mm-hmm. and go in there with your number. If they cannot meet your number, you have to be prepared to walk away. Yeah. You have to. And walk away the from the job or walk away from... Cause yes. it, Oh. The opportunity. Walk away from the opportunity. If they're not willing to see you for your worth, if they're not willing to give you that, if that's the only way we'll ever create real changes. If women stand, basically it's taking a stand, right? Oh, you're not going to pay me what you're worth? Fine. You don't get to have me then. Oh, I love that. I love that. And it's, it's not a question men would ever even ask. They are going to ask for the money yeah. that they want. And, and not think twice. And not think twice. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that negotiating system was set in place by men. And having been on the other side where I was, you know, it was my job to set salaries with people. And I would have young creatives be like, okay, well, I literally had one. Uh, Candy said, okay, well, I could, I could make it. It was like the number was so pitifully low. And it's like down to the cent. It was like, okay, I'd be okay with this number. And 27 cents. Oh, my God. Like, no, no, no. No, no, no. And I, you know, I was this is partly why I left to become a coach. Is I was like, okay, as part of the, a member of this company, I'm not allowed to tell you that I've got like 30 grand more to give you, but you have to ask me you, for it. Wow. That system is asinine. Mm. That is just dumb. We should pay people what they're worth, no right. matter their color, their gender, their race, whatever. Right? Amen. That system, clearly women did not invent that system. It is not set up for us to be set 
Oh, no, not at all. Uh -uh. And men don't know how to deal with us in this system still, which is stupid, but it's true. So if you are in a traditional corporate environment where you are going to need to ask for pay raises and you're going to have to go through the traditional review cycle and do all of that, how I you know, talk to my clients about it's not even combating it, it's just playing the game a bit, mm -hmm. keeping a wins list. I am a huge advocate for this. Anytime you get an email from a hierarchist that's like, hey, good job, or even from no matter what your job is, all jobs these days are basically customer service, right? Yes, you yes, job, all jobs, yeah. If you get an email from anyone that's like, thank you so much for making this better, you did not make it, keep all of that in a file. Every day, it, you know, I, I'd say every day, mm -hmm. but if you can only get it to like every Friday, every Saturday, whatever your last day of the week is, keep a list. And it can be anything as small as like, you know, you, you actually ran that report to perfection every day this week. And to you, that might be second nature. It's something you don't find important, but that's the thing they hired you to do. And if you're doing it well, you need to take note of that. Right. It could be something as simple as that too. You came up with an amazing new idea that's going to, you know, be able to create a huge efficiency and save the company thirty percent of, you know, whatever. Like they can be the tiniest wins. They mm -hmm. can be like you didn't roll your eyes this weekend in the finance meeting. To, you know, you came up and implemented a whole new training. But keep track of each and every one of those. And when, then when you go to ask for the raise, you're not just asking out of thin air. You're, you're asking, asking with your evidence and your file system. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, you're not making up anything. You're not asking it. Like, you are going in there with hard proof of your worth, of look what I've done, and I can do much more for you. If you pay me more, just give me more responsibility. Yeah. That is amazing knowledge nugget. So... Evie, as you know, with this uh, pandemic that's been going on, so many people have lost their jobs. Yes. So many people have lost their jobs. Yes. So how do you motivate someone to bounce back? And I know you you had um, a posting of that even a little bit before all of this was yeah. going crazy. Like, how do you bounce back after being fired or let go or laid off from a job? Yeah, I mean, I actually should update that, <laughs> in fact, because I think a lot of people are going to need it, unfortunately. Yeah. A lot of my friends who, you know, spouses and have been getting laid off. I have friends who own, you know, brick and mortar businesses that they're going to have to shutter. Yeah. Um, and it's it's going to be really difficult. Mm -hmm. The the one thing that I do have to say, and I was saying this very early days on it because I had a client who was already preemptively freaking out about three weeks ago. Um, she's in the middle of a career change herself. <laughs> and it's a conversation that this. In a strange way, it's going to suck right now. I'm not even going to try and pretend that it's not going to be really difficult and that it's not going to suck for a lot of families. But in a way, a it's going to be great in the long term because so many employers that were resistant to remote work, now they've been forced to understand the value of it. They've been forced to understand that it doesn't matter if they're, you know, there's a butt in a seat in a cubicle 20 yards from you or if they're in, you know, Saskatchewan. It doesn't matter. Right. So there's going to be many more opportunities. There's going to be companies that maybe you live in New York, but there's a company in Austin you've always wanted to work for. That may now be an opportunity for mm. you. Or they would have been like, well, we need someone on site. Where now they're like, oh, shit, we know how to do it now. Right. So there, while, yes, the interim, the next few months are going to be really difficult and it's going to be very stressful and money's going to be difficult, long-term, start looking at, you know, maybe switching into a role that can be done remotely. Wow. Because there's going to be exponentially more opportunity. Mm -hmm. 
So it's, you know, it's never easy. It's no, it's not. Easy. It's not. It's not an easy situation right now. And I think um, what I've seen online is a lot of people have said, you know, take this opportunity to perfect your craft, um, read on more things, um, right. do things. Um, it doesn't take away, though, the anxiety of the financial burden that it causes. Um, but I like the how you said, you know, in the long run, it'll be okay. Right now it sucks and it's shitty, but it's going to yes. be okay. I mean, and think about it. We've all lost a job, right? I don't know anyone mm-hmm. who hasn't been fired or laid off or what. Even in the best of times when the economy is great, like, that is still the worst feeling. You feel desperate. You feel hopeless. Yeah. You feel like you'll never get another job, even in the best of times. So little solace, but just know that like there's so many other people in your situation right now. And be, when this many people are in this situation, solutions get put in place faster. Yeah. Right? People are willing to work together. New ways of working are going to come out of this. And, you know, in the interim, there are ways to do work that you may not have thought of before. That could be like, done remotely, like you said. Yeah. Exactly. And even, you know, if that's not your thing, um, like I have a, quite a few, because we both live in urban areas, you mm-hmm. know, everyone's which is why I have bartender friends and restaurant friends who are taking on positions that, you know, more like, you know, working in warehouses and things like that, where they're actually getting benefits for the first time. <laughs> that's something you don't get in the hospitality industry. Of course. But they're still able to use their hands and they're still out there. And it's totally temporary. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, now it's one more skill that they can add, you know, to their revenue. But in, in terms of people, you know, reading right now and updating their skill sets, if they have the emotional capacity to take an online class or two, and there's so many free, amazing resources. Yeah, there really are. Absolutely go for it. But also, don't beat yourself up if you can't, if you don't have the emotional capacity. And if you don't feel like you want to do a change right now, it doesn't mean you have to. Mm -hmm. Things may level out in a way where you're absolutely 100% able to just return to a similar position that you already had. Um, but yeah, it, it's never going to hurt you, anybody, no matter what you want to expand your knowledge, to expand your skill set, to read more about industry news. But it's, you know, it's difficult right now to for any type of content or media. Yeah, of course. You do real quick. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So Evie, where can people, well, first of all, where, what is some final advice that you can give listeners, um, about being happy in, in their career and just um, in, just in general with, with your expertise? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, my kind of the core of all of my advice is to define your core values. Your, basically what I refer to them as your life non-negotiable. Mm. And those are going to be absolutely different for everyone. Yeah. But if you can narrow those down to about five, and you need to do them for yourself, not what you think society says. Five non-negotiables? Five non-negotiables. Okay. You know, and that, again, they're going to be different. But, you know, most people are going to start with, you know, my family, friends, religion, because they feel that society tells them they have to, you know? <laughs> it's so like I the generic them. checkoff list. Exactly. Yeah. You need to really dig deep and really, really honor what is truly important to you. And you need to think about how your career supports that and how those support your career. Because if that little pyramid isn't fully formed and they aren't all supporting each other, you, you will always feel that something is lacking. Yeah. And if you're able to find something that can incorporate those and really work for those, no matter kind of what your career looks at any moment, you'll know that long-term you're going to be fulfilled. You're going to be happy. I love that. I love it. I love it. Evie, where can people find you besides me stalking you? <laughs> <laughs> you can find me pretty simply at eviesanders.com. Um, and 
if you go there and you click on the little free stuff tab at the top, there's lots of free resources. The quiz you talked about. Yes, they have to take the quiz. You have to, guys, you have to take that damn quiz. I took it and I was like, oh. <laughs> that came from me compiling client work for, for many years and my work with creatives. I've worked with creative managers for quite some time. So that took me a long time to put together and I'm very proud of that. And it's, yeah, it, it, it takes you to the next step. But yeah, feel free to take the quiz. Go to the free stuff. There's, there's so many resources there for you. Um, so yeah, it's pretty simple. ebsanders.com and it's right there available to help. Thank you so much, EB, for spending this time with us. Um, for giving us this amazing knowledge nugget. And I think this was the perfect time to kind of even have those conversations because everyone is just like kind of in um, turmoil with everything. But I really appreciate you being a guest on the podcast. And I'm so humbled and grateful that you uh, spent some time with me. Oh, thank you so much. This was genuinely, genuinely wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Beauteous Me podcast. Please be sure to download new episodes every week and send us your girl, what were you thinking or asking for friend stories to info at imbeauteousme.com. All entries remain anonymous. Also, don't, 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 don't forget to rate, review, and hit the subscribe button now.